Hi there, and welcome to the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. We are Paris, Alana, and Rusty. Friends who have a heart for intimacy and long to uncover God's truth and design for sexual freedom within marriage. Welcome here. Welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Sexuality Podcast. Paris and I are going to be going through a bunch of your guys' questions. Um, I had put a questions box up and there was so many that we didn't even get to answering that we're like, okay, well, let's just make this into an episode because there's so many good questions. So yeah. we have to we have to go through some of these because they're too good to to leave you hanging. So we'll just ask them back and forth and answer them to the best of our abilities. Because again, yeah, we're not it's experts. All off the cusp. <laughs> we don't know anything. <laughs> we don't know everything. Experts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. So um yeah, and again, yes. This is just fly off the seat of our pants. Nothing's been prepared here, so. <laughs> yeah, you're just getting the real deal, you guys. The real deal. Absolutely. Okay. So someone had asked, um, does anyone struggle with low sex drive? I'm having a difficult time getting aroused. How can mm. how can I get aroused? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Arousal issues are a very real thing. Mm -hmm. And when we have these conversations, which we have a lot of them in our DMs and just behind the scenes, um, this is absolutely more common than not. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done yet, I think, and just really, especially getting to the root problem of, okay, why, why is there so many women that are struggling with arousal? And I think a go-to resource that we are just constantly recommending is Sheila Ray Gregoire's book, The Great Sex Rescue. And she talks specific on arousal issues and why this is such a pandemic in marriages these days, in Christian marriages especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes all the way back to root belief systems that we we have. A lot of it stemming from purity culture um, and just having overall such an unclear view and understanding of where you are in your sexuality, your husband's sexuality and God mixing within all of that. And I think so many of us are just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like how does this mix, you know? And oftentimes we'll just take on a lot of false pretenses such as, okay, we feel like it's dirty, although we know it's not, you know, and there's just this Mm -hmm. muddle of confusion. And so a lot of it stems from there. And then our body is just not free to respond because we have a lot of misunderstandings on our own behalf of, of our own sexuality of sex in general. And a lot of times that is the basis of it is it's very much a mental thing. Arousal yeah. always starts in the brain before it starts in the body. So when you yeah. think of it that way, it's a lot of just taking steps back, start praying over that, praying into that being like, okay, what am I believing here? That is not serving my sexuality well, or our marriage well, like ask God to really reveal that to you. Yeah. I know. I can remember on our honeymoon, like Googling, like how, how can I get turned on? <laughs> because yes! like to get aroused because I, I had no, I, cause it was, it's it was so easy before. It, it should not be easily. funny. But, <laughs> but that is true. I was yeah. the same. I was so desperate. I'm like, I'm broken. Like what? Yeah. What is going on? I literally yeah. don't get it. And I was just thrown for a tailspin. I was like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a broken woman. 
I know. Yeah. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah. So absolutely not alone, but when you understand that mind to body connection and that it does start in, in the mind arousal does, then that is a big clue to helping you um, really unravel things from there. Truly. Okay. Alana, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you one now. Okay. Um, a lot of people asking, did you have sex on your wedding night? Mm, and yes. should okay. I expect pain? No, you should not expect pain. <laughs> no. no. Um, so yes, yes, I did have sex on my wedding night. Um, and no, I mean, and, and like Rusty kind of, we touched over this in mm-hmm. a different episode we did. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that wedding night kind of like the nitty gritty wedding yeah. night episode. Um, I would describe it more as maybe like discomfort than pain. Um, and the key being, if you're not aroused and your body is not fully ready for penetration, it will be uncomfortable. Right. So keep exactly. that in mind. Yeah. Um, going back to the arousal part, that's definitely something to really explore yourself. Like, okay, like understanding what arousal is how does this all start and it, the whole anatomy of male and female sexuality too is it's so important to understand you're not doing yourself a disservice then you know if you don't understand something you're just throwing yourself into it mm-hmm. you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have some repercussions for that and you're gonna be like oh my gosh I wish I knew that right yeah like it's it's so important to understand the ins and outs of a lot of it too yeah yeah and two, like it's something your body has never experienced before if that's your first time, right? Like yeah. it was for me. So it was kind of, you know, your body is like, okay, this is different. Things have to stretch and, you know. So there's a bit of like, you know, potential discomfort depending on what your arousal level is at. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't describe it as pain necessarily, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But I know often people can kind of um, make us feel really nervous for our wedding nights because they're like, yeah. oh my gosh, like it's going to, you know, make sure you ice it afterwards or whatever because it's going to Oh, painful. and they'll tell like, you you're going to you're gonna bleed and there's going to be tearing. Yeah. Like you guys, a lot of that is very far-fetched. Yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah. of it just comes down to this is really, really sad and I, I just hate that this is a reality. But a lot of it comes down to a woman's body who is not ready and a husband who is just Mm. ready to go. And there was a lot of miscommunication and it's just not the way it's meant to be. So that's why we're always like have these conversations with your fiance. You don't just don't have them get married. You're in your honeymoon suite. And now what? Like you don't know what he's thinking. You don't probably even know what you're thinking because it's just – there was never a conversation and that is mm-hmm. always a recipe for disaster. Yeah. No, exactly. That's good. All right. Now, Paris, let me ask you something. Ideas for how to have more intimate conversations with a spouse that is uncomfortable talking about intimacy. Mm, I can relate to this. Me and Neil really struggled with navigating these conversations Oh my gosh, the first few years of our marriage, we felt like it was awkward, it was uncomfortable, Um, and a lot of it came down to really just us not fully embracing sexuality as part of who we are. Mm -hmm. That is just such a given to me. Like When you haven't fully embraced that, it is awkward. You're just like, who is this 
reckless, yeah. wild woman inside me. I don't know. <laughs> like, can I even be that woman? I want to be, but I don't want to be, you know, and there's yeah. a lot of conflict within your own being. And until you really start to explore that and know that this is who God made you to be, you can't, you cannot detach your sexuality from you. It's mm-hmm. part of you. Yes. And I found that for Neil and I, that was a huge piece to the puzzle that we were just not getting. It was like, we were just not understanding that aspect of it. And once we really started getting there, we're like, what have we been doing? (laughs) (laughs) What on earth? Yeah. And so then conversations just came very easily. We could talk about things much more easily because it's like, no, this is me. This is all of me. Just like I would talk about an emotional aspect of something I may be struggling with. Why, why is it going to be that much harder to, talk about a sexual aspect it's still me you know it's just there's so much dissension between your sexuality and how you actually respond to and correlate to that as a person so I found that's that's definitely a big part of it is really really digging into that Mm -hmm. and I think practice too it's like if if you haven't had those conversations in the daylight before right like you're when you're just sitting beside each other on the couch and you're like hey so let's talk about last night or let's talk about, you know, what we want our sex life to look like going forward. And mm-hmm. you're like, you know, you are uncomfortable in your own skin because you're like, how am I saying these words out loud? Like looking him in the eyes, like in the bright of the day, like we don't do this, yeah. but it starts, it starts there and it starts with baby steps. So just slowly introducing yes. those conversations to build up into, you know, being comfortable in them and, and you get more used to it as you go, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. There's definitely a level of comfort and safety that is cultivated Mm -hmm. through those steps so that it is, it's a happy place to be when you're having those conversations eventually, you know, it is definitely, Mm -hmm. it definitely takes practice. I like that you said that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here is a next one for you, Alana. Okay. Um, what are practical non-sexual ways to build connection and growth as a couple when you're in the midst of having little ones? Hmm. Yeah, I love this question. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, okay, practical non-sexual ways to connect. Mm-hmm. I think having fun together doing things that you both enjoy, even with your kids. There's so many moments that I I feel just so connected with Jeff is when we're like out as a family together and we're at a park and he's playing with, you know, Theo on the swings and I'm running around with, you know, chasing after Ellis as he's crawling around. Like, I don't know. There's moments that somehow then you make eye contact and you just feel like whole. You're like, oh, like this is it. Like this is we're a family Mm -hmm. and you just feel like so full of love. And so I think – having fun in those like practical nitty gritties of life. Like you're just like playing with your kids, but just doing it together, Mm -hmm. um, making time for conversation together. Um, whether it's like across the table while your guys are eating lunch and stuff to be able to just stay connected emotionally. I think that would be the big thing is to make sure that, um, you know, your emotional needs are both being met where you're filling Mm -hmm. each other up, you know, with your, your words, you're being generous with your words, you're um, using your love language, like feeding into their love language, like how they want to be loved, you know, whether it's like touching their back as you're walking by them, if touch is their love language, or you're 
noticing that, okay, I can take out the trash today because, you know, access service would mean a lot, you know, things like that where you're just keeping track of the little things and it doesn't take an entire day. It's like, yeah, I've got little kids mm-hmm. too, but I know Jeff loves it when I make him coffee. <laughs> like He loves it. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm, you know, busy with the kiddos, I can quickly put on a pot of coffee and bring it into the mm-hmm. office for him and be like, hey, babe, yeah. here's a cup of coffee. And he's like, oh my goodness, like, thank you so much. So I don't know. There's, it, it totally depends on your spouse, but I think mm-hmm. just, um, yeah, just being conscious of trying to build that connection already, I think puts you in the right direction. Oh, absolutely. I love that you started out also with saying to prioritize having fun, mm-hmm. building into joy is really such a foundation in marriage and family life and intimacy across the board, not just sex. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that is very easily overlooked. I think, especially in, I mean, like how glorified is a busy life in these days? It's, it's crazy, right? And you lose sight of joy and, and the really fundamental aspects of a whole beautiful marriage and family life. So I love that you said that that is huge Mm -hmm. for sure. Okay, wait. So now I'll ask you another one here. What do you say to a friend who doesn't see sex as a priority in their marriage? Mm. First of all, the fact that you're having these conversations with your friends, I think is awesome. I think having these conversations with close godly friends is very important. Mm -hmm. I know some of my most eye-opening moments for understanding God's design for sexuality has come through conversation with friends like me and Alana all the time, you know, we're just like talking about things. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, like Alana said something I'm like, I never thought about that. Right. <laughs> and it's just simple, innocent conversation, but it is so, it really does build into so much. And I'm very grateful for those conversations that I have with my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, it's important. I just, I just want to say that for one, and there's absolutely friends that you'll start having these conversations with and you really quickly realize that they're in a broken place. Um, and it breaks your own heart. And obviously that's why you're asking this question because you want to see fulfillment there and God manifesting what he's meant, like what he's intended a marriage to have within intimacy and mm-hmm. pleasure. Right. So I don't know. You know, honestly, it's such an individualistic thing. You don't know. Like, I don't know if this person's maybe dealt with sexual trauma. I don't know if this person's just never had a good relationship. Maybe she's in an abusive marriage. I don't know. Um, So many of those things really do come into play. But I think the basis of it would be just like having those conversations, like asking those questions like, okay, but why do you feel this way? And do you want to see anything differently? Mm -hmm. Because if they don't, you're just going to be like beating a dead horse for lack of a better term. And it's really, really sad when it gets to that point. Um, And I hope it's not. But from there, it's just really that heartfelt conversation. And they can be uncomfortable conversations. Um, But I find often those uncomfortable conversations, you make them safe. They really do unravel a lot of brokenness in people. And that's really, really, really important. Just for them to feel cared for and seen in such a vulnerable aspect is a really huge deal, you know, Yeah. like to know they have a safe place to be able to share these things. And I think it's really just building off of that from there. And then, I mean, there are so many amazing ministries out there that have content like ours, you know, like I'm constantly telling people, okay, 
this episode that we did, great. Talk, give this to your friend. Be like, this is what we were talking about the other day. Have a listen to this. Let me know what you think. Let's talk about this after. You know, like utilize godly resources for these conversations as well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Turn them back to scripture. Always ask how you can pray for them. Mm -hmm. You know, like just bring it back to the whole truth of, of God's love and God's word over them. Yeah. And I think encouragement can go a long way too. Like I had a friend who was just like, I had just mentioned like, oh yeah, like it's been a while. She's like, well, why? Like mm-hmm. sex is fun. Like this is great. Like you should be wanting to do this. And I was like, oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So I think just having an encouraging, positive attitude towards intimacy as a friend mm-hmm. to not like join them on that bag went like, oh yeah, this is so tricky. And oh yeah, it's so hard. Yeah. You know, just go that downhill slope. But to be able to like, do the opposite and be like, no, no, like this is awesome. Like what a great way to connect and whatever. Mm-hmm. So Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Love that. Should we take one more, Alana? Sure. Okay. Let's do, oh, this is one that there's quite a few women that asked about losing their sex drive around birth control. I just mm. want to say that because I want mm-hmm. you guys to know that we hear you, but I think we're going to do a little bit more of an episode towards that. Rusty did a really amazing episode on that. Actually, you guys, um, talking about birth control and libido. So be sure to go check out that episode that she put out there on that. Mm -hmm. So there's a few questions on that. I'll link it below. That would be perfect. There is one. Okay. Let's close with this one. Um, bringing God into healing your sexual relationship with your spouse. I think we should talk on that because I really think that is a huge aspect to a healthy marriage. Mm -hmm. What would be some practical ways for a couple to take when they're looking to maybe heal from things sexually, just growth, um, just combating maybe struggles that they have within the marriage bed, what would be some, some practical ways to encourage a couple in that scenario? Um, one of the first things that comes to mind would be to find a mentor, Mm -hmm. to find a couple that you can, whether it's like your pastor Mm -hmm. couple or, you know, you know, that's what they do with their church, like a connections pastor. Um, or if you know of a couple, the godly couple that you can connect with to have invest in your marriage, just to have someone to encourage you and pray over you and lift you guys up continually to have someone, you know, that is always just going to be praying for you every day and covering your marriage in the armor of God, um, I think would be huge and just a really great way to move you forward in your, not only like in your marriage, but also in like your spiritual walk to have someone mentor you in that way. Um, to be praying over your marriage together as a couple, bringing things together. Like I know in the marriage journal, um, one of the questions every week is, you know, how can I be praying for you this week? And how often do we actually ask our spouse that? Like, I feel like it's, we can get so busy in like the day-to-day life that we're like, oh no, like I know what they need. I know how I can pray for them and whatever. But if we're actually asking, then we can really get, okay, no, actually, you know, this is kind of stressing me out. Can you be praying for this? And whatever. Yeah. This has actually been bugging me. So I think you get to like the meat of, of a yeah. person when you're asking, you know, really like, how can I be covering you intentionally? Yeah, for sure. So those are some things that come to my mind. Is there anything that yeah. would come to your mind? 
I love that. Um, one thing that has really been precious to our marriage is just reading through scriptures together and praying mm. through them over our marriage. Yeah. Um, I mean, song of songs always comes to mind. That's something that I just, I will always, always recommend to people. It's like, go right back to the Bible. Mm-hmm. There's an entire book on intimacy yeah. and God's involved in that. And it's the whole picture of it is just so perfect and so real and so relatable yeah. on every aspect. And so really studying that, praying those over yourself, you know, go back to the Lord and his word and, and just utilize that within your marriage, I think is also something that is so important as well. Hey friends, thank you so much for hanging with us today as we dive deeper into meaningful, godly intimacy, tackle the hard questions and embrace truth while we're at it. We're also on Instagram. You can find our handle in the show notes alongside any resource links we mentioned in the show. As always, our hearts are to cultivate deep community and freedom with you guys. We are so honored to walk this journey alongside you. We'll see you in the next episode.